Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Let's turn with me to uh, James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers. Everybody say that with me. Temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I'll read that in the Amplified Version. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort, or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith Bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. I'll read James 1 and 2 from the message translation. Consider it a sheer guilt. Friends, when tests and challenges come from all sides. In the New Living, and I know I'm reading a lot, in the New Living Translation, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I just felt like teaching tonight on five principles to victorious living. Five principles to victorious living. How many want to live in victory? How many want to live every day in victory and not defeat? And I think tonight what I, what I feel led of the Holy Ghost to share with us, I believe it's going to equip you and empower you. It's called the jeweler's water test. You may or may not have heard of this. The jeweler's water test. The book of Job reminds us that trouble and trials are inevitable. Job 5 and 7, Yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Since this is the case, we need to understand as people of God how to face the trials that will surely come our way. There is a test that jewelers will use to determine whether or not a diamond is authentic or not. It's a simple test. It's called the water test. I am told that a, a fake diamond loses its brilliance when it is submerged in water. But a real diamond doesn't. Can I tell you that there is a water test for Christians, for born-again, spirit-filled individuals that will determine whether we are real, whether we're authentic, or whether, or, or whether we're not. The true blue Spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled will not lose their luster and brilliance when they are submerged in the trials of life. 
the trials of life will not cause us to lose our brilliance and our luster. And that's why I feel like there's five keys to consistent, everybody say consistent. That word's been in my spirit for, for several days now. Consistent. That's where many people uh, lose the battle of living for God is because they do not have consistent victories while living for God. We are in the midst of a trial. How many knows we're in the midst of a trial? But I believe in the midst of the trial that we are called by God to have consistent victories. I don't believe we should lose one battle. If we've got God on our side and we, we lean on, on to our own understanding and we understand greater is He that is within us than he that is in the world, how can we lose? How can we lose? So, uh, this evening I want to... Key number one. If you want to live in consistent victory, this is what you've got to have. Number one, you've got to have an attitude of joy. You've got to have an attitude of joy. James 1 and 2 said, My brethren, count it all. Somebody say, all joy. When you fall into different or diverse temptations. To count means to consider. To evaluate. Joy is not a natural human response to troubles and trials. I'm going to say that again. Joy is not a natural it's not a natural response to troubles and trials. Uh, you must make a conscious commitment to face each trial with the attitude of joy. Hallelujah. Philippians 4 and 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. In the NIV it says, not that I speak in respect of one in verse 11, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, Therewith to be content. Alright? It's important that we understand that Paul made these statements from a prison cell. He wasn't in the penthouse. He was in the prison cell. And the prison then was not a comfortable atmosphere of a home much like it is today. Hallelujah. But in the middle of a trial, in the middle of the prison experience, uh, he said that we should count it. We should consider it a gift of pure joy when we are faced with tests and challenges. The word win conveys the idea of a planned inadvertent occurrence that surrounds you. Uh, the Bible also says uh, that uh, a righteous man falleth seven times, but he gets back up. It also says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. There's going to be a win in every one of our lives. But how are we going to respond when the winds happen? The W-H-E-N. I'm not talking about the W-I-N-D. But when the wind happens, how will we respond? It's a question we all must answer tonight. Consider with me the story of the Good Samaritan who found a man who fell, somebody say fell, among thieves. The poor man did not plan to be beaten and robbed. It was an unplanned, you know, it was unplanned, inadvertent occurrence that was brought upon him unexpectedly. 
In Acts chapter 27, Paul was a prisoner on a ship that fell into a place where two seas met. We're, we see these things happening in an individual's life. There was no plan. It was unwarranted, if you would say. Uh, undeserving. But they come to us in all shapes, sizes, and forms. Uh, but Paul on that ship that day got caught up in some cross currents that caused them to hit a reef and sticking the front of the ship into what, what has been described as a sandbar with the front of the ship stuck in the sandbar. The back of the ship began to break apart at, as the waves beat violently against it. They were in a place of turbulence. It was a place that they did not plan to be. A storm they were not expecting to be in. Sometimes, life sends a storm that forces us into a cross current of turmoil. Anybody ever been in that situation? These storms have a way of altering our sense of direction. Our sense of security. Breaking up what we have come to believe is a place of refuge. And causing us to have to grab onto something that floats in order to survive. Sometimes what we perceive to be a storm, however, is nothing more than God disciplining us. Anybody ever lived through some of those hours and days? Hebrews 12 and 11, for the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems grievous and painful, but afterwards it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. A harvest of fruit which consists in righteousness, in conformity to God's will and purpose, thought and action, resulting in right living and right standing with God. Hebrews 12 and 11 in the New Living Translation. And I know you may be seeing it in the King James Version, but the Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 11 in the NLT, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. Hallelujah. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening, it's painful. But afterwards, somebody say afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in His way. Aren't you thankful that God disciplined those that He loves? Aren't you glad God chastened those that He loves? Hallelujah. I know it's not fun, much like correcting your children. How many have heard these words or you said these words? This hurts me worse than it hurts you. Anybody, everybody, anybody ever said that or felt that way? I, I believe the Lord, uh, you know, as, a, as our heavenly Father, as, as the one who loves us, who, who gave His life for us, uh, I believe in the heart of God uh, that there's an emotion of God that, that if we could hear it was, uh, this really hurts me more than it hurts you but I see the end result of what it's going to produce. So I'm willing to discipline you so that a harvest that I see and I desire in you will be performed. So if I want to live a life of victory, I ask you, how many want a life of victory? When the storms come, get this on point number one, you've got to learn to cultivate the right attitude. You've got to learn to cultivate the right attitude. And it says, it's an attitude of joy. 
It's one that says, I put my trust in You, O God. What You deem best for me. What You deem right for me. I want to have an attitude of joy. John 16, 20-22 Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman when she is in travail has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish. For the joy, somebody say joy, that a man is born into the world. And you know now therefore, ye now therefore have sorrow. But I will say, I will see you again in your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man take from you. What, what, what are you going through right now? It, it, it seems like the storms are raging. It seems like the pain, the suffering, all that you're going through. Can I give you the instruction that I feel in the Holy Ghost? If somewhere in this message, somewhere in this week, you can get an attitude of joy and understand what the Word also said, weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Uh, Brother Weaver, I feel a baptism of joy about to be infused into the heart and life of every believer in this house. Hallelujah. If you believe that, say amen. Hallelujah. You've got to learn to look beyond the child trial and see the end of it. Acts 16.25, we find Paul and Silas in prison. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. This is the attitude we need for survival. If we can learn to pray and sing praises while trying to survive the dungeon of depressing troubles, you will surely know the victory of the Lord. Well, I don't feel like it. We don't live by feeling. We walk by faith, not by sight. Has God been good to anybody in this room? Has God made a way out for somebody? Has God ever healed you? Brother Dodd, we've got a testimony. He's healed me before. I believe He can do it again. Has He ever healed your body? Has He ever touched your life? Has He ever delivered you? What, 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 what's this mountain? What's this mountain to, to our God from heaven's point of view? We're, we're getting all, we, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to look at the here and now. But if I could just step back for a few moments and I could look at all that God has done for us, it would make us get a firm grip on our attitude and say, This too shall pass. We're coming through this. We're going to get past this uh, with an attitude of joy. 2 Corinthians 12, 7-9, we read something of interest concerning a problem that Paul was dealing with. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 7, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, what is it, Brother Dodd, that was given me a thorn in the flesh? The messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And He said unto me, somebody hear me in the Holy Ghost tonight, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, 
that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The real need oftentimes is not the elimination of the trial, but the grace to endure it. I said it Sunday in a paraphrasing way. Sometimes we want God to bring us through something or bring us out of something. But God's wanting to reveal His glory through what we're going through. If they would have never went into the fiery furnace, He would have never been revealed in the manner He was. And others believed and saw in their God. Could it be what you're going through, what you're facing, and with the attitude of joy, someone's going to look over your life, somebody's going to peer into your experience with God, and they're going to say, I don't know how they made through, made it through what they made it through. I don't know how they're sane and in their right mind. I don't know how they're, they're, they're even functioning today. Whatever they've got, I want. Whoever their God is, I want them to be my God. I wish there would be two of three in this place tonight that would say I'm willing to endure it I'm willing to go through it with an attitude of joy with an attitude of joy Romans 8 18 for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us I don't even know if we even understand that fully. For I reckon that the suffering, what I'm going through right now, in the present time, we're not, it, it, we're not even worthy of the glory which shall be revealed in us. There's going to be so much glory revealed through us by our attitude of joy. We're not even worthy of it. But because we had an attitude of joy, God's glory will be revealed through us. We can joyfully endure suffering in the present because of the glorious future that is promised to us. We need to ask ourselves today, tonight, do our trials make us bitter or better? Have I got bitter from the chastening of God or have I got better from the chastening of God? Have I got bitter because of the trial that come, as I said earlier, we were unworn. We, it was unexpected. It was unplanned. It wasn't on the calendar when we started our New Year's resolutions and we knew God was going to do this now. No. Trials don't happen like that, Brother Jeff. Trials don't come and, and they're just marked on a calendar. Okay, this is the week you're going to get tested. They don't happen that way. They happen in unexpected forms and fashions. They happen when you're the least expecting and the most unprepared. That's why you must every day rejoice. That's why every day you get up, you've got to say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. What? What's it? Today. I don't know what I'm going to face tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week. But today, I will rejoice and be glad in the breath He gave me. In the clothes I put on my body. In the bed that I'll lay my head on. The car that I'll drive. I've got to rejoice in what He's blessed me with today. With an attitude of joy, I can be victorious. Hallelujah. I don't ever want to take for granted what God's done in our lives. Hallelujah. Number two. Everybody say number two. An understanding mind. An understanding mind. 
The second key or the second principle of victorious living is that you must desire an understanding mind. James 1 and 3, it says, Know this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Some of you are saying, Whoo! He sure is working on me this week. Oh, Lord, the Lord is working on my... He's trying me this week. He's trying my patience. But there's a few things you've got to know. You must come to know the reason for the testing. Trials, many times, are designed to produce patience. It's important that we understand that the word endurance in the text means patiently waiting on God to remove this trial in His timing. God builds us up the same way a runner gradually develops the ability to run long distances. The runner starts small and works up to its maximum capacity. In the same manner, God allows increasingly greater trials in our lives to increase our spiritual endurance. The more difficult the battle the sweeter the victory. I said the more difficult the battle, the sweeter the victory. When we consider together some of the patriarchs of passion, David would say in Psalms 41-4, I waited patiently on the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. And He hath put a new song in my heart. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud nor such as turn aside to lie. Paul would write it like this, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is... Come on somebody. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Do you hear the... Do you hear the tone of Scripture that there is no temptation, there is no trial that you cannot bear and that you cannot win the victory through? Paul would again say in 2 Thessalonians 1, 3-4, we are bound, we are bound. Somebody say, I'm bound to thank God among... I am bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith groweth exceedingly. The charity of every one of you all toward each other abound. They're loving one another. They're affectionate toward one another. But listen, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. I want you to get, you see what they're saying here? When you, when you look at this and you begin to, we glory, we ourselves glory in you. 
We're proud of you. We're proud of you as a church, is what he's saying. That in all your temptations, all your persecutions, and all your tribulations, you know what you're doing? Your patience and faith is growing, and you're going to endure because you're allowing patience to have its perfect work in your life. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta ask God, let me have an understanding mind. Help me to understand what you're doing here. But you know, even if you don't have the understanding tonight, you've just got to have a determination. I'm going to let patience work in my life. I'm not going to let persecution and tribulations cause me to fall by the wayside. Because number three is going to be a great key to victorious living. You've got to have a submissive will. Somebody say a submissive will. The third key, the third principle to victorious living is in the midst of the trial, you must have a submissive will. You gotta have a submissive. You gotta have an attitude of joy. You gotta have it. You gotta have an understanding mind. You gotta know he's in control. You've got what it takes to win. And you gotta have a submissive will. James said in verse 4, but let patience have her perfect work. Whatever you do, don't fight the trial. The only productive way out of a trial is for you to go through it. I've said it earlier. Too many times we want to be removed from it instead of going through it and enduring it. But if I can understand and allow my will to be submitted, yes, God, I want these circumstances to change. Yes, God, if my will was, if my will had its way, of course I wouldn't want to go through this. Many of you have went through so much over the last few years that yes, if you could have removed yourself, but God, God sees that end picture. He understands what you're going through and He says, don't fight the trial. I'm going to give you the strength to endure it. I'm going to give you the strength to endure it as you trust Me, not by your will, but My will being done in your life. So we've got to have a submissive will. Psalms 37 and 5, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. How many believe that? Number four, you've got to have a believing heart. A believing heart. Proverbs 3, 5-6 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Somebody say heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. And in all thy ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct thy path. When going through a trial, when going through persecution, when going through an unexpected circumstance in your life, you must put your faith in God's wisdom and not your own. Let me just say it like this. God's ways is above our ways. God's thoughts are above our thoughts. Even when we think we've got the fingerprint of God figured out. Even when we think we understand what God's doing. Just know, He knows best. He knows what He's doing. Even when we don't really know. The key to understanding that God is in control. And for us to have victory in the midst of the trial, we must believe that He can and will take care of everything. 
Somebody needs to get a believing heart tonight. I don't understand why it's happening the way it's happening. I don't understand what is, what's happening right now, Brother Jones. I don't understand why it's all played out the way it's played out. But you know what? I've got faith that God's going to see me through. I don't know, I don't know Sister, Sister Edith, why God allowed Lynn to go through all that he's went through over the last year. I don't, I don't understand all, but I do know my heart is a believing heart. He is going to see him through. He's going to see you through everything you are going through. I don't understand it. I don't understand it, Sister Christie. I wish I could put it, put words together that could comfort and, and, and be the remedy for what you're going through, but I can't. But I do know one thing. I can have a believing heart and my faith be secure in the unseen hand of God. And no, I know He knows what's best for me. I know He knows what's best for me. I've just got to believe it. I don't understand, brother and sister Weaver, why things. I don't understand, babe, why things have happened in our life the way they've happened. And the list could go on. But I've got a believing heart that God knows what's best. God sees what He's doing. And when He gets through, it will be a masterpiece. Our lives will be a masterpiece to reveal the glory. Hallelujah. God's going to say God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of it. What do you mean He's going to take I, I just got a believing heart. God's brought me too far to let me fall. God's brought me too far to let me just fall by the wayside. And, and, and my circumstances overcome me to a point that I surrender and give up. God's been too good to us. I've got a believing heart that says He will Take care of me. Paul's prayer in 2 Thessalonians 1 and 2 was for us to have grace and peace. He said grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will put your faith, church, if you will put your trust in the Lord, you will find His grace and peace in the midst of the storm. You just got to have a believing heart. Well, it don't add up on paper. It ain't happening the way I thought it was going to happen. I thought we'd be here and, and we're here. I thought I would be this far along and I'm, 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 I'm five years behind. I'm sitting over here. You know what? He's still working on me to make me what? If He had gave it to you when you wanted, it probably would have crushed you and killed you. But He said in my wisdom and in my providence, if you trust Me, with a believing heart, I will bring it to pass. I will accomplish my will in your life as you trust me. Number five, an humble spirit. If you want to have victory, you've got to have a humble spirit. In the trials of your life, it's easy to get arrogant, cocky, and prideful because we're self sufficient. We can do it ourselves. I'll help God out and I'll fix it. And God said, you know what? I'm trying to teach you a lesson in humility. I'm trying to teach you a lesson in dependence on me. James 1 and 9 says, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. In the Amplified, 
And the Amplified of that same verse. Let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his elevation as a Christian called to the true riches and to be an heir of God. In the NIV, the brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. In the living, a Christian who doesn't amount to much in this world should be glad for he is great in the Lord's sight. And in the message, when down and outers get a break, cheer. You gotta, when someone else is on the mountain and you're in the valley, you better be cheering them on when they're on their mountain. Don't let a spirit of jealousy consume you and, and, and get you frustrated because you're not here, but you're here. You gotta get an humble spirit and say, God, my life's on your time clock. Their time has happened. Their season of harvest is here. But you don't know how many years they've been in the season of weeping and crying and frustrated and lonely and upset and frustrated. But they didn't walk out on God. They didn't walk out on the church. They just remained humble in their spirit. They cheered on those that were succeeding. And now their time has come. Woo! Man, I feel a shift in some individual circumstances. And you know what we're about to do? We're about to celebrate the victory in your life. We're about to celebrate the exaltation of your season. Don't you get jealous when somebody gets a new house and you're still, you're still living in an apartment. Well, I hate to get real. Don't you get jealous when somebody gets a new car. Don't get, don't, don't get jealous when somebody gets a, get, gets a promotion. And you're still going, man, I'm still doing this. And I'm still... No, 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 no. Uh-uh. You rejoice in that brother or that sister. You know what? My time's coming. I, I'm driving my beat-up clunker right now, but my day's coming. I, I'm, I, I'm living with mama today, but my time's... I said my time's coming. But it's real easy, Brother Jones. Uh, when... When we've been renting for 12 years and God, man, they're getting it and they're getting it and they're getting it. But I'm still over here living over here. Come, am I getting real tonight? But oh, when that day comes and they break the ground and put the shovel in the dirt and, the, and they start building on your dream and your vision, we're standing over here on the corner saying, you go, Brother John. You, you are experiencing your victory. We gotta keep an humble spirit. Your day's coming. Don't give up, brother and sister. Your day's coming. You just hang on. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And you know what? It normally happens when you least expect it. Well, I don't found this piece of property for sale. Where's that piece of property been? We've drove by it for years. When God's timing is right. Nothing can stop it. I said when God's timing meets God's purpose, nothing. There's no devil in hell that can prevent the will of God from happening when the timing of God is ready to come to fruition. Woo! 1 Peter 5 and 6, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you. Somebody read that. That He may exalt you when? In due time. I feel an in due time. In due season. That means it's coming. To, it's due you. 
Some of you got a season that's owed you by God. It's due you. You know, when you get a bill, it says when it's due by. That means it should be paid by. It's due. The Bible says that exaltation is due you. But what's the key? Time, humble, humility. As long as you stay humble, as long as you've got a believing heart, as long as you're submitting your will, as long as you've got an attitude of joy, as long as you're remaining humble, you know what? There's a due season for you. There's a due season for your family. There's a, a due season that's going to shift you into a divine purpose of God. So to help you, I'm going to read that in the message translation and I'm coming quickly to an end. So be content with who you are. And don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you and He'll promote you at the right time. I said at the right time, God will promote. At the right time, that door will open. When I'm going to push the door. I'm going to kick the door. Be careful. You don't want to kick open a door that God's got closed for a season. You don't want to bust your way through something and to live the consequences of it. When you trust His timing, when you trust His will, it's just amazing to me how well it all works out. Key number one, have an attitude of joy. Key number two, an understanding mind. Key number three, a submissive will. Key number four, a believing heart. And key number five is an humble spirit. An humble spirit. If you will live by these five principles, victory, victory will be yours. We used to sing an old song, victory, victory shall be mine. Victory, victory shall be mine. I ain't, I'm going to leave the singing to somebody else, but I do feel my wife saying, thank you, please do so. But listen to, listen to what the verse says, or listen to what the Word says. If I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, victory, victory shall be mine. You don't understand what's going on? You, you can't figure it out? If I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, victory, victory shall be mine. Why don't you stand all over this house? Some of y'all's grunting as you get up out your chairs tonight. Been a long, hot day, hasn't it? God's destining in this church for victory. And He's equipping us. I felt this so strong in my spirit this morning. If I've ever felt anything, keys to this church and the victory in your family is what I preach tonight. If we'll let God, let God move through us tonight. Hold your peace. And I'm not talking about a piece of steel. I ain't talking about a 9mm. Medea, put your gun up. Hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle. But I promise you, if you'll trust Him in all ways, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, He will direct your path. What do you need, God? What do you need from God tonight? 
you make that known. And what I want you to do is lift your hands. There are testimonies all over this house of the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I see those in the Spirit right now. Lord, they're in a battle. They're in a trial. They're in a season of temptation. But, oh God, according to Your Word that I just delivered unto Your people, God, You're going to equip and empower them for victory that waiteth them as they are submitted to Your Word, submitted to Your plan. God, I thank You for what I've felt. I thank You for the Spirit I feel in this place. And Lord, as we're dismissed from the house, we're not dismissed from Your presence. As we walk into our bright futures of tomorrow, God, I commit unto You this service, this Word, O oh God. We commit unto You our hearts. And tomorrow when we get up, we're going to have an attitude of joy. Because You are a good and faithful God. We're going to have a believing heart. We're going to have a submissive will. We are going to have an understanding mind. We are going to have an humble spirit, O oh God. It will be Your will, not my will. And we will see victory in our homes. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say, man. Why don't you